Genesis 23, verse 1. Sarah lived 127 years, and these were the years of the life of Sarah. In Genesis 23, 1, the original text says, and Sarah lived 100 years and 20 years and 7 years. These were the years of the life of Sarah. Now, the question comes up is why would God write his word in that way? Why not just say what we've done in English is Sarah lived 127 years? Because we have so much more information here than just how old Sarah was when she died. There's deeper, deeper revelations. It says, when, when, first off, the, the, the shallowest is, is when it says Sarah lived 100 years and 20 years and 7 years. In Hebrew, there's an understanding that God is saying to us, Sarah made every year of her life count. She made every, every era of her life count, and then she made her life count. Let me say it again. Sarah made, and, and this is why on, on Shabbat, Ladies, we say, may our daughters be like Rebecca, Sarah, Rachel, and Leah. These are the, the, the matriarchs. These are the, some of the great, great women of God. And this is a teaching as we study the Torah portion for today. This is a teaching saying, first off, the lowest level is Sarah made her life count. And of course, when we study, we're not only being told what God is saying to us, but we're being told how we're to respond to God. So as God tells us, Sarah made every year of her life count. What's the question God is asking us? Does your life count? See, that's the question. And you say, well, but, but that's not New Testament. When we stand before the Lord... We're going we're gonna to be rewarded for what we did or didn't do. And so this is a reminder or a statement, and God is saying to, to, to you, no matter how old you are, you could be 7 years old, you could be 20 years old, you could be 100 years old, are you making your life count? And it's a great, great, and, and this is going to tie into some really, really fascinating things tonight, but just in that, you know, the, 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 everything in the New Testament, everything in the New Testament comes out of the revelations of these. The reason why we don't understand the, the New Testament very deep is because when, when Jesus and Paul and Peter are talking to us in the New Testament, he's talking to Peter that have spent, or people that have spent their lives studying this. So when, when, when we're being taught in the New Testament, are you a sheep or are you a goat? That's being taught basically to people that understand this revelation in the Torah that's taught this time every year where God is asking you, are you making your life count? Now, the reason that is, is I'm going to show you that every one of us is making our life count on one of three levels, but God wants you to be on the highest level because on the highest level of making your life count, that level has the highest blessing. Are you with me? Okay, let me say that again. Every one of us is making our life count, and I'll show you how that is. Every one of us, even those that, aren't, that don't know the Lord, are in, in, a, in one way or another 
unless they're doing unless they're doing more evil than they are good, they are partnering with God on a mission. But the highest level, and this is what we're going to show you tonight, the highest level of partnering with God brings about the highest level of blessing. How many want to be at the highest level of blessing? All right. So the first part is when they say, when the original transcript was, is Sarah lived 100 years, Sarah lived 20 years, Sarah lived seven years, and it says years behind each number instead of 127 years. It's first of all bringing us the question, if, if, and of course, this would be Jews who are reading this, and so you and I are grafted in, and all Jews know how to do Shabbat, and they are saying over their daughters, may you be like Rebecca, Sarah, Rachel, and Leah. And so, of course, the question is there every week, are you making, your, are you making the world different every day you're alive? And now, men, we're not off the hook either because even though this has been talked about Sarah, we know we're, we're to be like, like uh, uh, Ephraim and Manasseh. And so the question is, and here's the thing is, is we are, once again, New Testament, you are the light of the world. Every Christian says that. You are the light of the world. Okay, what that means is, is are you turning by your good deeds, by your acts of kindness, are you turning on more light than you are, are darkness? Okay, so that's, that's the thing that needs to be for us every day. Why are we Christians? You know, it'd be a real easy job for a pastor if you'd go, I now receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and you go and be with the Lord. We go, Next. No counseling, no staff, no problems. We, you get saved and you go. But the reason why you're still here is not, is not just to say I'm a believer, but you're here to make a difference. You have to be doing something. If you're in this church, you ought to be serving in this church somewhere. Say, well, there's no, I don't know what to do. You can, can you smile? You could be a greeter. Can, can you make a, can you go, can you go, ah, we need a hundred people for the choir. Now you got to understand someday we'll stand before the Lord and he will say, will he, will he say to you, well done, well done, done means you done something. He'll never say well intended or well, I meant to. He'll say, well, done. Everybody wants to be financially blessed. But just paying your tithe isn't enough to get financially blessed. I know everybody on television will tell you that. But just sowing a seed is not enough to get you financially blessed. I don't want to explain this, but it's not enough to get you financially blessed. You have to sow a seed and serve. You can't just sow a seed. So there's some way that some time that you need to serve, sing in the choir, be a greeter, be an usher. Um, Not everybody can do that, but most can. Not only someday in heaven will God say, God will, every one of us will line up in heaven and then God will play your life and he'll see what you've done. Too many Christians are saying that they're serving the servant But Jesus said, follow me. If I served you, you serve mankind. 
everything, everything. That's, that's why I said when, when I found out, when I started studying Jewish roots, I found out how easy it was to be a child of God. Love God and love your neighbor. The golden rule. What's the golden rule? We got, we got several golden rules going on here. Amen. One's gold, one's platinum. Okay, one of the things, if, if we want the blessing of God, we have to do unto others as we would have done unto us. Only we have the choice to act like God. Animals don't act like God. They, don't, they, don't, they, they wouldn't give something away to help somebody else or, or uh, uh, help some, uh, an older animal. They push an older animal out or a younger animal. Only we have the ability to make the choice to act like a minch, like a human being. And so this is reminding us that as the children of God, our goal, once again in the New Testament, is to be the light of the world to make this place a better place. Now, the, uh, a little deeper with Sarah, and this is only, I didn't mean to go into all this, but a little deeper in there, Sarah, is when you read it, remember there are four levels of study, is when it says Sarah was 100 years old, she was 20 years old and seven years old. What it means in, in the Talmud, in the, in the Midrash, the, the, the ancient teachings, is that when Sarah at 100, Sarah... had the strength of a 20-year-old. Because she served God when she was old, when she was 100, she had the strength of a 20-year-old. Because she served God when she was 20, she had the modesty and the purity of a 7-year-old. When she was 7, because she served God, she was like, she was 20 years old in wisdom. And when she was 20 years old because she served God, she was like she had been a hundred years old in her good deeds. So in other words, she had done enough, she had done so many mitzvahs, so many good deeds, at 20 years old, it would have been the normal person at a hundred. Okay, do you understand what I'm saying there? I know I gave you a lot there, but this is our example. This is why we say over our daughters, we prophesy over the females in our house, may they be like Rebecca, Sarah, Rachel, and Leah. Okay, now let me get through. There's so much else to teach here. Look at, look at the next verse here. And so Sarah died in Kerjath, Arab, that is in Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham came to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. Now, I want you to look at that real quick. It says, Sarah died, and her husband Abram came to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. Where did Sarah die? Hebron. Why was why was Abraham not there. Abraham was out on Mount Moriah. Sarah, in, in Hebrew, Sarah died because of a broken heart because she was willing as a mother for Abraham to offer Isaac. So, so I, Abraham had to come because if you go back to, and we won't go there, but if you go back to Genesis 21 and 22, Abraham was offering up Isaac. And so this woman of God willing that there be a sacrifice for the world, it wasn't just Abraham who should get the credit. It was Sarah. Next to every great man is what? A great woman. 
and, and we need to understand this. See, too much, too much religion has made women to look like secondary characters uh, in, in the kingdom of God, and that's absolutely false. And that, the reason is, is because we don't understand scriptures. Okay, so Sarah was as willing as Abraham, and literally her grief, she didn't stop it because she wanted the world to be a better place and knew that there needed to be a sacrifice, but she died of a broken heart. Now look at verse 4 here. Abraham says, well, verse 3, Then Abraham stood up before his dead and spoke to the sons of Heth, saying, I am a foreigner or a stranger and a sojourner among you. Now, that, that sounds like something very simple, but what Abraham was saying is something very, very Hebrew or very, very biblical. He is saying to them, I am a stranger and a sojourner. In other words, he's saying, I am of this world, I am in this world, but I am not of this world. And this is a reminder, this is, and it, we, we don't have time to read it in Hebrew, but this is a reminder of that scripture to us. That we are in this world, but we're not of this world, but we're in this world. Now, everybody look at me. We are in this world to accomplish something. We're not in, here, in this world just to be believers in Jesus. We're in this world, and as believers in Jesus, we're in this world to change the world. It's a very, it's a very Jewish thing. It's a very he- Hebrew thing. You ever, you ever hear of a plan called the wandering Jew? Okay, that came from two reasons, but the, the main essence of that is, is that as a Jew, we have no home. This world is not our home. We are wanderers in this world, and that's, wh- that's why Jesus said, when they said, we want to follow you, and Jesus says, uh, 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 I, uh, uh, I don't have a place to rest my head. Didn't mean Jesus didn't have a house. Didn't mean, we're, it's not a poverty doctrine. It means you got to understand that if you really want to be used by God, your life is not your own. It is bought with a price. Go with me to Genesis 24, verse 1. Now Abraham was old and well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. One of the reasons people end up getting divorced is they're not serving God, and it won't work unless you're serving God. But one of the reasons, and this is not an excuse for you, that people end up getting divorced and then they end up being remarried and remarried to that person for 50 years is that they didn't wait on God and marry their bershet. They stepped out in flesh instead of in spirit. Pastor, we're in love. No, you're not. You're, you're in heat. That's a different thing. Amen? Now, I'm not going to get into this whole lot. Sex is not a bad thing. Sex is a good thing, but it's between man and woman who are married, not engaged, not dating. Oh, I didn't get hardly any Dallas amens on that one. Did you notice, did you notice that? But... This is, this, is, this is why it's so strong in, in Judaism not to marry outside the faith. Well, it ought to be, it, it used to be, and it ought to be that strong in Christianity 
that you don't marry someone, be not unequally yoked with an unbeliever, because if that person is an unbeliever, then they are either not or not yet. You're bereshet. Because in Hebrew, a husband and wife are not two souls, but one soul that has a male part and a female part. And notice it doesn't say a male and a male and a female and a female. It's not good that man should be alone. Why? Because without his berchet or her, her berchet, it's, we're not complete. It's the same thing in our marriage to God. Without that partnership with God, we're not complete. Never will be complete. You can be rich, you can be poor. There's a wealth that comes from the Lord and brings no sorrow with it. Why are so many rich people that don't know the Lord rich and miserable and divorce after divorce and all these things? Because we are never complete until we are married to God. But listen to this. God is not complete until he's married to us. Why? Because he has a goal, and that goal is to turn this earth from a place of darkness to a place of light. Okay? Now, you got to understand, and I'm giving you a whole bunch here real quick, but you got to understand that, that this portion being taught is thousands of years old. And the reason it's being taught is to remind us, make your life count. Make it count for what? Make it count so that that earth can be a dwelling place for God. Okay? It's more important now because you and I are to be the light of the world so that earth can be the dwelling place, the tabernacle of God, once Jesus returns forever. Did you hear what I said? And so that's why God is stirring up people and saying, what are you doing for me? Are you making your life count? Are you you making a difference in this world? Okay. So, so when God sent, when, when Abraham sent his servant to find a wife for, for Isaac, he, he went, he went to do what God wanted him to do. But then he added to that words. In Torah study, every, every phrase means something. Every word means something. Every number means something. Every letter means something. This is why New Testament, Jesus said, Nobody's to change one jot or one tittle. Okay? Not one jot or one tittle. That means not one comma or one uh, 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 exclamation point. Why? Because it all means deep things. Revelation. The highest level of study. Okay? So here we have, if every, if every word, every, every letter has a revelation... In Hebrew, this is a very, very interesting time to be reading the Word of God on this scripture because this teaching is 67 verses long about Isaac getting a wife and God repeats it twice. So listen to this. It's 67 verses long and God not only tells the story in the Torah, he has the servant tell it again so God tells it twice. So this means there's something immensely important in this. 
If every word or every jot or every tittle is important, if then this story is 67 verses and repeated twice, there must be something really, really important for us to learn. Write these scriptures down because we won't turn to them. And, and, and when you read them in your, in your English, it, they're, they're, they're mistranslated. But write down Job 5.7. And Job 5.7 says, in some of it says we're born to suffer or born to be pain. In Hebrew, it's, it's we're born to toil. Proverbs 16.26 talks about the toil of the soul. of the soul, And Joshua 1 through 8, 1, Joshua 1, 8 through 9 talks about, go with me to Joshua. Joshua chapter 1, look at verse uh, 7. Be strong and of very good courage that you may observe to do according to all the law, that you may observe to do, and I'll explain how important that is, to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it from the right hand or the left hand, that you may prosper wherever you go. How many like to prosper wherever you go? I'm going to give you a secret to this. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. The word meditate means to see it, to envision it, and to say it. Okay, now let me say it again. Meditate is not just to think about it. If the Bible says you're to be healed, you need to picture yourself healed, and you need to say you're healed. If the Bible says, I would above all things that you prosper and be in health, then you need to say God wants you to prosper. You, you need, and I know this sounds corny. See, a lot of people think the Jews are, are saved by works. The Jews were the first teachers of positive confession. They were the first teachers of blab it and grab it. <laughs> Copeland didn't come make that up. Hagen didn't make that up. I didn't make that up. Notice how I throw myself in with those guys. is this is where all this came from, but only we, we're, we're going to go deeper in it. Look what it says. Do it, and then it says, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Let, let me give you an example. How many believe you ought to be rich? Amen. You ought to say it. You ought to say it. You ought to be rich. I'm going to be rich. I am rich. I just need to catch up with what God's already done. In reality, you already are. Where, where, there is God, where God is, he's the wheel in the middle of the wheel, there's no time. There's no yesterday, there's no today, and there's to, no tomorrow. It's all the same time. Before the foundations of the earth, Christ died for us. It just took 4,000 years for the action to catch up with what God already did. Are you understanding? So you're already rich, but you have to do things and say things to catch up with what, to partner, to become a bearshet with what, to be married to what God has for you. Uh, are you okay? All right, look at this. Meditate on it, but you shall meditate day and night that you may observe to do all that is written in this. For then, for then, if you don't, and, and you got to understand it in Hebrew, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. In studying Torah, there are four levels. One of those levels is, and, 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 and you, you, have to be, you have to be willing to study, is not only what does it say, not only what does it hint at, not only what is the secret meaning, but what's, what is this scripture connected to this scripture? Okay, this scripture is a, is a sister scripture to this scripture. That's why, that's why I study 
4,000-year-old Talmud. That's why I study what the Hebrew says, okay? So one of those things where it connects is Job 5, 7 says we're born to toil. Okay, that means that you and I are by the nature of God born to build something or create something or do something. It doesn't mean by the sweat of our brow. It just means we're born by God to put our hands to something. All right? But then it says in Proverbs 16, it talks about the toil of the soul or, 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 or literally the toil of our spirit. So one is talking about a physical labor. Another is talking about a spiritual labor. But then Joshua 1.8 here says that, w- that there is a, a, a toil of the speech connected to the will of God. So there are three levels. One is physical one is verbal, and the other has to do with connecting those to the will of God. Okay, are you all right? I know I'm giving you all right. Let me show it to you. The first level of blessing or the first level is physical. Everybody, whether they're children of God or not children of God, if they're working a job, if they're doing something, they are partnering with God to bring good into the world. So if you're working with your hands, if you're, if you're serving at McDonald's, if you're doing anything on the physical level, you are partnering with God to do something good. Okay? God blesses that. That's, that's why if, if a farmer sows a seed, that seed falls in the ground and dies, God brings a miracle about it, and that seed brings an ear of corn. But that's the elementary level, and that's where most humans are, is what they're doing, they're just doing for themselves. I'm really just working a job for myself. A preacher could do that. A preacher could preach just so he can get a salary. But that's a hireling, not a prophet. What motivates me is that God, what motivates me is not just getting paid, what motivates me is getting the revelation of the Word of God so that you and I can become what God wants us to be. Okay? So the elementary level, and, and, and God, this is why the rain falls on the just and the unjust. The elementary level is, is doing something, working a job, planting a seed, uh, 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 being a waitress, building a business. But if all that is is primarily about getting a paycheck, then we're stuck on that first level. We're blessed at different levels on that, but we're stuck at that first level. The next is when we add to our labor the words of God. Our words have life or they have death. Amen? God created the world by his words. Now watch this. We know that, but, but let me take you a little bit deeper. When in Genesis, God created everything. God created everything. The last thing he created was man, and he breathed life into it. And in, in actually, in, in, in uh, a combination of Hebrew and Arabic, it, 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 when it talks about man became alive, it literally means a speaking spirit. That man became not just a spirit, but with the ability to speak. Now, why is that important? Because God did not build the world through labor. God said, let there be light. And so all of a sudden, we're made in the image of God. 
and we have the ability. God didn't just put a spirit into us. There, there's a spirit in everything. This world is a spirit. God is a spirit. But now we're in the image of God, and we have the ability, like God, to speak. And when we speak, every time we speak, we are creating. When In Hebrew, the rabbis teach that when God said, let there be light, what was in him came out on his words. When we speak, whatever is in us comes out in our words. That's why gossiping and backbiting and slander and bickering and, 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 and evil speech, these things are, are so, so, these six things do I hate. The seventh is an abomination. He who sows discord amongst the brethren. Why? Because we are made in the image of God and our words are creative. And so when we understand this, and I'm, I'm really cutting this down, when we understand this, every, while we're working, we're at a certain level. But when we begin to allow the Spirit of God to control our words, now what we're doing, we're doing the same thing we were doing, but now God brings a higher level of blessing and begins to move us on to a higher level of destiny because now we're becoming partners with what God wants to accomplish in the world. When the servant of Abraham came and found Sarah, the Bible says specifically that he gave her a half shekel gold ring. And then we read in Exodus that God said, I want all the people, whether they're rich or poor, doesn't matter. I want everyone to bring a half shekel. Rich or poor, everybody brought a half of shekel. Those half shekels were used to buy bulls that God would, that that they would bring sacrifice in the temple for all the people. Okay. Why half a shekel? There's a, there's a, there's a teaching in Hebrew called tamin, T-A-M-I-N, tamin. And that means that whenever possible, never do something halfway for God. If, if, if at all possible, don't bring one hollow loaf, bring two hollow loaves. Whenever possible, don't pray over uh, uh, part of a fruit, pray over all the fruit. Whenever possible, never bring a blemished animal. And, and it's a teaching of always give, do the very best you can. And yet, on this one, when, when, when he says that for, to, to fulfill the will of God... He, he hooked up with Sarah and gave her a half shekel. And then for all the people, bring a half shekel. Well, it goes on to say that the reason is, is that a whole shekel is 20 guras. Or, or it's, a, it's a weight. So a half a shekel, if a whole shekel is 20 guras in weight, how much is a half a shekel? Ten. Why is that important? Why did, why did Abraham, uh, servant, give her a 10-gram shekel? Why a 10-gram? Why are we to bring a 10-gram shekel before the Lord for our offering? The number 10 is, is half of wholeness. Okay, now real quick. There are 10 commandments, right? There are 10 utterances in creating the world. Let there be light is one. Let there be vegetation is too. If you broke it down in Hebrew, there are 10 utterances in creating the world. All the world was created to bless you. It's all created to bless you. The gold, the silver, the earth, it's all God's. And, and so in creating it, if you read the Torah, 
God said, let there be 10 times. That was to release the physical blessing on this earth for all of us. Then God gave us the Torah, the Ten Commandments. That was to release the spiritual blessing. In Hebrew study, every one of us has ten attributes to our spirit. There are ten attributes of God and there are ten attributes to us. Modesty, humility, kindness, grace, peace. There are ten. And so the number ten symbolizes half of a whole shekel. What does that mean? That means that when, 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 when Isaac, Isaac's wife-to-be was giving a ten shekel, it is saying, I am not complete until I bring my part and you are not complete until you bring your part. In the universe, God is saying the reason why the children of the world are not getting ahead and there's so much problem is they're only concentrating on the ten physical, the light, the gold, the fields, the crops, the corn. They're only emphasizing this, but you have to marry that to the spiritual. If you don't marry it to the spiritual, then nothing is complete. But there is a wealth that comes from the Lord. And when you add to that God's blessing, no sorrow comes with it. So what God is saying is, is that you've got to understand that you can work and work and work and work and work and you'll survive. But then you can start speaking my word. You can start saying what I say. You can start emulating what I am and creating joy and creating life. Where, at, in your home or in your job, do your words create peace? Do your words create light? Do your words create joy? If not, you can't go up to the next level. Now, you got to work. A man, that's where the scripture says a man who doesn't work ought not eat. Okay? Don't get caught up in this, this mentality of somebody, somebody owes me. Nobody owes me anything. It doesn't matter what they stole from my ancestors. No matter what they did in the Holocaust, nobody owes me anything except God. And God always repays. I'm not looking to man to get anything. I'm looking to God. So I gotta, so I've gotta put my hand to something. Okay? But while I'm putting my hand to something, I've got to be speaking words that create and not words that destroy. If I speak words that create, not only in my life, but those around, words of encouragement, words of peace, words of kindness, then God takes me to the second level. But here it is. But if I'm doing what I'm doing and saying this in order to change the world, no matter how small I am, to change the world, now God takes me to the highest level because I understand why I'm here. In these last days, we're understanding that we are partnering with God. See, what you got to understand is, is there's only one thing that can keep Jesus from coming quickly. Us. Us. Because he has to have a people that will, that will prepare the world. How many want to be the highest level of blessing? Guess what the key is? Be a blessing. Amen. 